This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. to episode 70 of the Forever Bristol City podcast, yeah? And uh, if you hear the phone ringing in the background, that's Ian because he's having technical difficulties uh, this evening trying to get in. He was in for a period and then he dropped out. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I'm going to disconnect him. But uh, joining me at the moment is uh, our, is that the right word to use, our Dave Fevs uh, coming back for a final appearance of the season and uh, Mark and um, well we didn't expect anything more than the final score of uh, Bristol City 1, Brentford 3 as we normally do in these situations. Let's have a quick uh, 30 second review of the game. Uh, Dave I'll come to you first. What are your thoughts on that uh, 90 minutes? Um, I guess 90 minutes disappointing. First 45 Kind of really encouraged. Thought we played really well, really disciplined. Um, the danger was we we spent a lot of time chasing the ball and probably ran out of steam. And probably half time wasn't what we wanted. Um, Brentford ran out worthy winners in the end, but lots of little encouraging signs there. And you know, let's get the season over with. It is over now, and uh, let's start seeing what happens over the next couple of months as we move through close season into pre season and start up next season. Yeah, that's it. Mark, your uh, your thoughts on the, the overall performance and the, and the game? Just a brief uh, overview. In a duly forgettable season, City fa- failed to lay a glove on, on fast, a fast uh, pass in Brentford in their final game. The one bright spot being battered at Britain, who certainly made Mad Sorensen uh, and Sergio Canos aware of his presence and finish him with a final goal. I like that. Played, that was Mark even. That was so spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> You've got auto cue program there, haven't you? <laughs> What's that? Not bad. No, that was very spontaneous. Very spontaneous. That was. It's all Ian's rehearsed back. or one or the other. Ian's back. Ian's right. Ian. Ian is back. Is he back? Auto cue went wrong. <laughs> Let's have said auto cue went wrong. All right. That's I'm gonna, best look, comment my, ever. My my my. <laughs> My view was that on the game, it was uh, first half, I thought we did all right. And the turning point, as I commented, uh, agreed with somebody on the OTIB, 
the turning point was uh, Mariapa going off because when uh, Viner came into the back four, we just uh, we weren't there. And I think Brentford stepped up a gear as well. Uh, Dave, the starting lineup, there were changes. Um, was it a four-three-one-two or I don't know what it's variations on that theme? But three out of contract players in the back four, but uh, youngst- youngsters. Um, prevailing uh, in there. I mean, what was the, uh, what were your thoughts, uh, Dave, on that starting lineup? I guess there was a few surprises. I thought Simpson might come, come back in at right back, um, but I didn't expect Callas to be left out. And I guess we might debate, debate that a little bit, a little bit later. So pairing Mariapa and Baker, maybe Viner not quite ready after his knee op. So that, oh, sorry, knee knock that he <laughs> had. Um, that was and, very and, quick for a knee op. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And I have three weeks off for cramp. Um, but but yeah, no, I, and I think I think Semenyo kind of went down late in training as, as well. Hence Palmer came in. So yeah, there were a few few surprises. Good to see Silver back, um, and yeah. and and I guess you know Bentley as captain without Callas as well. That was quite interesting. Um, so yeah, not not a side I was anywhere well, near. Talk about talking about Callas. I mean, say let's let's bring that up now. I mean, he wasn't injured. I mean, Nagy's Naj has gone home on the pretext of having a family uh, funeral, but he's going to be in the Euros. Kalas is going to be in the Euros as well. Should we read anything into uh, the exclusion of Kalas? No, I don't. I don't think so, Dave. I think you know. I heard all manner of rumours throughout the afternoon that you know he supposedly went through Naki Wells in training. And Pearson said, I wish you'd have done that last week against Millwall. And he went off in a strop. But the fact that Callas was there at the ground, I think that's just, you know, people being a bit mischievous with uh, with, with, with rumours. So um, I would imagine end of season, he's got the, he's probably put his body on the line for us quite a lot this season, maybe not over the last few weeks. Um, and I think it's, you know, you've got the Euros coming up. We don't want to jeopardise your injury now. And I, I probably cynically thought that might have been the case with Naj. As, as, as well, although you know, it seems to be that he's gone home for a funeral. But yeah, hello, yeah. hello there. Uh, he's back in. He's back in. If anybody, oh, can you? If anybody, we can hear you now. We can hear you ah, now. Right. I can mean, you hear me, Stockholm? Hey, yeah. I mean, oh dear, dear. Let's welcome Ian back. There we go. Look, right, yeah, there we go. And we give him a slow hand clap as well. There we go. Uh, Thank you very much. There. Thank you, Ian. I'll come to you then. I mean, those who are reading the text, Ian has said. F this for a game of soldiers, I'm off. But he's back in the room, so it does show that he's, he's still able to... Lenny. He is, yeah. I mean, here, yeah. We, 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 we get into the detail of the game in a minute, but Dave was just commenting on the starting uh, lineup. Good to see Alex Scott in there. Tommy Conway keeping his place. But recalls for Simpson and uh, Mariapa. A start for Baker and three out of contract players in a over 30 back uh, four, with the exception of De Silva. What were your thoughts when you saw that lineup? Um, I can understand him giving Simpson a game, uh, but uh, I didn't. I don't like the shape. We can't play four two three one because we haven't got any old in midfield players, and Wells can't play on his own. And with a, a back, uh, and with the three behind him, they can't play those positions either. So, yeah. to, to be honest, um, I, I looked at the side. Uh, I didn't think it was going to play like that. Uh, but no, I, I, I just, as I say, Naki Wells needs to play with a partner. I, I would have started today with Conway and Britain up front because we know exactly what Naki can do. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have risked him getting injured. No. Uh, so I, I just started with those two up front and, and probably gone 3 5 2 
uh, and uh, I don't know. I was just to- totally unimpressed. I thought the young lads did did all right. I like Britain. I've been campaigning for him to start for about two months because we haven't got a big man up front when Fan wasn't available. Um, so much much as I expected. Okay, um, Mark, uh, the starting lineup. I mean, let's look at. I mean, we've done the, uh, the the starting eleven on the bench. I mean, very well. Admit it was a mix of uh, youth and experience, really, because I mean, you got Tommy Rowe and mustn't keep calling him Angela Henry Henry Lansbury on there. Oh, but um, <laughs> you know, no, no, no Callas. What were your thoughts on the Callas being left out, Mark? I think you can read, read too much into that. I mean, he knows what he's going to get from Callas, and, and he wanted to see Baker and. Baker put in some, some tough tackles. Um, I can see why Ian's been lauding um, uh, Louis Brit- Britton because it, and I, but I didn't realise how emphatically he'd, uh, he'd go about his job with uh, with Sorensen. It was it was quite great that he left him on his backside and uh, and Canos certainly felt felt his uh, his boot he as did. well. Which was, which he put was himself brilliant. he put himself about. But, I got com- but go I think we we were t- we. Brentford's back three were just so comfortable with that formation. We would have been better with a five-man midfield, I think, and given something to think about in the middle of the pitch. Norgard was bringing the ball out into space and just playing playing easy balls down the centre all the time by dissecting our uh, our holding mid- our holding two. And Backinson had some excellent chances to take us forward in the, in the first half. He just kept losing the ball. So, so yeah, he did. Turnovers. He did. He's got to no. sort that out. Yeah, I mean, talking about individual players, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I thought Casey Palmer. There was one situation I didn't think. You know, if you look at the players that are out there today, I wasn't overly impressed with him. I got to bring up this one here uh, uh, that Les has uh, commented. Uh, Ian, uh, I'm sure you'll want to meet him in the car park when we have the uh, preseason get together. But Les has said Ian's back. Similar feeling to Derby staying up. I mean, that's very unkind, Les. But uh, there we go. All right, let's get into. Let's get into the, let's get into the action. Um, City were attacking as they do the familiar uh, Atio end in the first half, and I'm debating. In fact, I have decided I'm going to be in block W13. So, having been in W15 for the last five, four years, however long the Lansdowne's been open, I've just moved back to the other side, and uh, it was um, the young Scott having a free kick just outside the box uh, early on. Dave, I mean, he just looks, you can't say he's a player for the future, just his demeanour and his confidence. He's a player for the now, isn't he? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I find it quite amazing, really. That I, you know, I watched him probably two or three times for our under-23s and once or that half a game he played for, for England under-18s. under, under 18s. And for a lad at 17, I kind of thought... Yeah, he's kind of one of those players who just kind of glides around the pitch. He's got two good feet. He's really good technically, but you think, how's he going to cut it at you know championship level? And 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 I guess a lot of people say, oh, he needs a loan. I I think a loan to a lower league club is probably the wrong thing for him because I think he's technically good enough to to play at this level. Whether he you know not every week or anything like that, but he's gone in there and he just looks so at home. You know he. How many cynical fouls did Brentford make on him today when he kind of got got away from them? I yeah. thought I thought he was really really impressive, and well, and I think he's one of those players you're going to need to be really really careful with next season. That yeah. you don't you don't overplay him, 
but you also give him plenty of opportunity as well to at least be around the squad. He looks I, the real deal, doesn't he? I yeah, and I, I guess we, we'll talk a little bit later about the whole kind of like under-23s and loan situation, but I, I think there might be a different dynamic about how we manage our under-23s next season. If, if I was doing it, it, it would probably be very different. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But no, he, mm. he looks a real talent, doesn't he? You know, yeah. uses confidence, which is Definitely. brilliant. Definitely. I mean, the first half, it was quite a quiet affair, but uh, Mark, we had a flurry of activity towards the end. Naki Wells had a shot blocked. The corner was uh, uh, was uh, taken. And then Naki, probably his only real shot of note in the game. It was saved from Rare, although uh, it was, uh, had, a bit, had it gone past Rare, it would have been offside. That was a good little flourish from City at the end. And had they gone in 1-0 up, it wouldn't have been an unfair reflection on the game, would it? No, I thought we we were our shape was good. We were quite busy around the ball, and Wells really, if he'd have put his laces through that, he probably would have scored. I think he tried to place it, and a defender got. A, I think Janelle got a, or uh, Jansen got a block on it, and it went wide. It was a shame. I don't think Wells was offside for the ball from the corner. He got a great save out of Rea, but it will go down. He, oh, go I didn't down think he was offside either. And then straight after that, that was in time added on in the first half, Force had a shot. Uh, he was deemed offside, but his shot hit the post and that definitely did look uh, offside. I mean, Ian, that, that first half, if City had gone in 1-0 up with um, uh, Naki Wells' shot, it wouldn't have been unfair because they were more than a match for uh, high-flying, high-scoring Brentford, weren't they? Well, we, we played a very low block for the 45 minutes. I mean, when you say a low block, we, we our defence was mostly, uh, we surrendered possession. I mean, they finished up with 74% possession in the game. Uh, we had a low block. There was four of us. Um, you know, our, our, our back four was on the edge of our penalty area, just in front of it. And we just played to deny them space. And it was more like uh, an away performance if we were, say, playing Man City in the Cup, where you <clears throat> you keep every, everybody behind the ball and go for a lucky break. Um, I, I just, I, I, as I said, I, I was, if we'd have gone in 1-0 up, uh, yeah, OK, uh, you could have said it'd been all right. But I, Brentford always looked to me like they had another two gears to go up. And if we... Um, if we'd have spent more time attacking them, they'd have broke on us and and gone through us like a dose of salt. So um, yeah. you know, it's it's not. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't over, overly impressed. And I think a lot of simple stuff went wrong. I thought our passing was poor. Um, and as I say, you had Backinson and Masengo trying to play the two in a four-two-three-one, and I don't think it's it didn't really work. No, no, it didn't. Not at all. I don't think it's the right position for either of them, to be honest. Yeah. I'm trying to be as positive as I can be, but you know, we we need to be so much better Objective. than that next season. Yeah. Next oh, season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the second half first started, and Ivan Tony had been uh, uh, kept quiet pretty much in the first period, and then 51 minutes he put a shot into the side netting. For me, the crucial point of the game came on 52 when Vino came on for the injured uh, Mariapa and the back four didn't look the same after that. And uh, Dave, the opening goal, um, it came on 56 minutes. Viner and Masengo both failed to clear and the ball was worked to Ivan Tony. Goal number 31 for him. Um, you know, a good player, one that maybe in a different uh, circumstances could have ended up at Ashton Gate if we'd have been a little bit more bold in the transfer market. 
years ago. I thought it was a bit of a lucky goal, really, wasn't it? We didn't clear our lines, but they got yeah. you know a real. You know, Viner deflects it straight into his path. Otherwise, it's you know bobbling through, and Bentley just puts his cap on it. And so you know they got the break. I thought Tony was a little bit lucky that you know he could have he could have been off the pitch by that point because he got booked first half, and then he did a blatant shove in the back of Baker on for a, a, a square ball early in the second half. I I thought he cut a really frustrated figure for until, until he got his goal. And and you know Baker clattered him in the first half as well, didn't he? On one occasion, winning the, winning the ball as well. And I, yeah. I thought we really, I think overall, I thought we would, you know, we didn't come out and start the second half. I think halftime came at the wrong wrong time for us. But I thought we we'd start to grow into that first half. Yeah, we'd start to pinch balls higher up the pitch, and we probably had our best spell in that latter quarter of an hour of the first half. But yeah, the goal goal was a bit of a killer, really, but a bit a bit lucky as well. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, definitely right. I mean, Mark, the uh, the Bentley kept City in it because there was a double substitution by us where Jana and uh, Edwards came on for Wells and for me the disappointing uh, Palmer but Mark the save of the game uh, came on 65 minutes it was five star stuff Norgard uh, sort of hit it was it on the half volley he touched it yeah. right that was a stunning save and yeah, he did another scissors, one just after kick. that yeah, he yeah, did about four saves in the space of about five minutes, didn't he? Yeah. Well, his positional play is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, in, in, you know, in, you know, uh, stand stand strong on the near post. Uh, I think he's decent on on one on ones, and his reflexes are, are are terrific. I mean, he was head and shoulders. He was player of the season, but you know, he he's our biggest asset, and. I think a lot of people think that he might, he might, uh, you know, he, he might be transferred this season because he might go on to better things. I'm sure there'll be lots of interested, uh, interested clubs out there if they if they got you know money, you know, for some of the relegated teams possibly. But um, yeah, yeah, superb keeper, and it's a shame that our well, best he could be a good second be string. He could be a second string to a Premiership keeper if not their first choice or something like that. Yeah, you know, but his age, his money, twenty twenty seven. You, you think he want he want to be playing regular football? Because he, I think he can get better. Goalkeepers tend to mature of age, don't they? Like fine wine, and uh, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could see him getting better. He just needs he, to dominate his look, area a bit better from crosses. Does he? he, he that's also, right. He'll also want to be earning forty grand a week, which he isn't doing at Ashton Gate. Yeah, that's the big exactly. Thing. And I think we may need to sell him at least to get some of the money to strengthen the squad. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I was going to ask you, Ian, your thoughts on uh, Bentley because he showed the sort of form that prompted City to bring him in and why he was a good star for Brentford, save that one season where he lost his confidence a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's like all goalkeepers. You don't normally see the best of them until they're in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, I agree that he, he could do with being a bit better on crosses, but I think if you had Peter Shilton playing behind uh, our defenders this season, he'd be a nervous wreck. Um, <laughs> so, do you, do you uh, agree with Les's comment, Ian, that, Fra- that uh, like Frankie Fielding, Bentley is a little bit too short for a goalkeeper? Or do you think he's got enough stature about him? No, I, I don't think he's too short. But I, no. I think the main thing with Daniel Bentley is he needs a lot of help uh, defending. In terms, if you've got three Nathan Bakers in the team, if you could keep them fit, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? You, you wouldn't concede like we do from set pieces. And one thing we did today, we didn't concede very many corners or long throw opportunities Um in, in, in like we normally do, if you imagine, if you take the difference between today and the game against Cardiff, 
where the ball seemed to be in the box 90% of the time. But um, no, I, I think Bentley's an excellent player. I think he, he, you don't normally have goalkeepers as captains, but um, I think he'd be a better captain, better captain than Callas. Absolutely. I mean, Lisa's pointed out uh, here, she said that twice in the last decade, a goalkeeper has won Bristol City Player of the Season. And in two of those, we conceded 152 goals and finished 24 and 19. I mean, does that say, I suppose you could say, is that a good thing that your goalkeeper has been Player of the Season because he saved you from a good few good items, which I guess I guess Bentley has. Um, well, anyway. It's a little bit like Callas and Viner being top of the block list, and that was... L- lauded from the rooftops when really it's a sign of a poor team, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, everybody was getting it. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're top of the blocks, Callas and Voyner, aren't they great? Well, yeah, but the rest of the team can't be. Otherwise, they wouldn't need to yeah. be, would they? I'd rather no. we were top of the goal-scoring chart. Absolutely. Well, we're bottom of the uh, shots on target this year, but that's one thing we have broken a record in. Dave, um, the, the, the Brentford wrapped the game up really with the two goals in six minutes and it just showed what they can be when they're an attacking side. I mean, that goal on 77, uh, about I think it was about six pieces of one-touch football around the box and then uh, Mbwemo, another one of their uh, free-scoring strikers. That was, a, that was a classy goal, wasn't it? Whichever way you look at it. Yeah, there's not a lot you can do about that when, you know, good first-touch play, movement off the ball. Yeah, just got to kind of, you know, give them a bit of a... Praise for that, you know. I think on, on my notes, I just wrote what a goal. <laughs> Left yeah. it at that, really. Yeah. And then the and the other one, the third, Canos. Again, that was ball pinging from left to right. I mean, yeah. you know, you couldn't you couldn't blame you couldn't blame Bentley for either of those because they they just out outplayed us, didn't they? Really. Yeah. yeah. I think whoever I'm not sure whether it was Viner just got a little toe that probably took it more towards Canos and away from Sessignon, which was mm-hmm. a bit unfortunate. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. It, they they put us to the sword in the, you know, from probably second half onwards, didn't they? Really, they, you yeah. know, they they stepped it up, and they're, they're, you know, they're they're a really good side, and you have to give them credit for that. You know, they they work their patterns of play, they're patient where they need to be, and yeah. and I think they they tired us out. And I think you know when you hear Pearson's comments after the game around, you know, we're not fit enough, and and yeah. normally it's the kind of thing that the manager says when they first come into a club because it's an easy win. Oh yeah, well they're not fit enough, and and he hasn't resorted to that. He's kind of kept his powder dry. But I've been saying it all season. We we'll have like a fifteen minute spell at the start of the game, and we're blowing out our backs. We're aren't we then? And we, let teams, we let teams get back into games, and we can't sustain it. And I think he's identified that as our. And that's all back, fitness back to conditioning, is a, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big problem. And I think you know once again just going on to his post match interview where. You know, I think he made just comments, you know, players will be off on their holidays now. And he went, uh, no, they won't, or words to that effect. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're being kept in for a week um, before they go off on their holidays and given kind of strict, here's what your conditioning work is going to be over close season. Make sure those of you that are coming back, come back fit, because it ain't going to be no... Uh, easy pre-season either. No, well, he said they're going to, the little bit I've said, uh, seen, I haven't listened to the interview myself, but he said they're going to have a pre-season like no other they've had before. So that'll be uh, interesting. Uh, Mark, the, the, the two Brentford goals that they scored is summed up you know, what they're all about, which is fast-flowing, positive football. Uh, and Waymo and Canos, a player I think that we were uh, linked with, ex-Liverpool, went to Norwich, then Norwich on to Brentford, unless I'm mistaken. Correct. Um, but, um, you know, do you think Brentford, do you think it's going to be their year this year, Mark? Well, it's interesting because they've got Bournemouth who managed to slip up at home. 
Um, they've done the double over them, but on their day, Bournemouth, they've got some strong physical players. Uh, you think they get to the final again and beat maybe the likes of Swansea or... Uh, or um, Barnsley. Or, or Barnsley. They just didn't really turn up last year against Fulham. You think, you know, I was really surprised. They just didn't, you know, with Ollie Watkins and, and Saeed Ben Rama, they just didn't get into the game at all. And then Joe Bryan outdid them with that long-range free kick with David Rea just didn't, you know, he was so far across the goal that the ball was in the opposite corner before he moved. It, it, you know, they really let themselves down. But you think they, you think that they could go up. But that second goal, it's a four-man move. I mean, Abuane to Macondes, Canos, and then back again. It, it, was, it was just great, close close one touch football and just yeah. shows what 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 you can do yeah but yeah, uh, yeah. ian do you think do you, sorry yeah. mark ian do you think uh, it, it's brentford's year this year you know they've been knocking on the door for a while now do you think they've got enough uh, or do you think you know they've had a little bit of a wobble well, saying that i don't think they've how many have they lost in their last 10 yeah i think well, they've won i think they've won their last four yeah. um, so and they drew a lot of games had a lot of games drawing i think well, if, if that's having a wobble, I, I wouldn't mind us having a wobble like that. But uh, yeah. I think it's too close to call because it it can depend on a referee indecision, uh, a mistake. Um, you know, I mean, when you look at the final last season, you, you wouldn't have put big money on Joe Bryan getting two goals, would you? Well, but um, he does always do it on the big games, you know. So, but, but you, <laughs> no, I, I yeah. think I mean coming back to some of some of what what was being said previously, if you look at um, our defending, we, we can't defend. We can't defend individually or as a collective. So we don't close people down properly. When you close someone down, you run up, you tackle them. You don't run up, get get a, a meter away, and then say, "Go on, do what you like." And that's what we do. We don't mark people, and <clears throat> and we certainly don't put in enough tough tackles. Yeah, we're today though. Well, I. And we got five bookings, but I think we're we're physic we're apart from one or two like Baker in Britain. I would say the rest of them are pretty physically weak, uh, yeah. and that and that's been clear all season. But going back to the playoffs, no clue because the teams are so close. Um, if you had to bet your house on it, I'd probably say possibly Brentford, but Barnsley are in fantastic form. So, yeah, you know, no, they you are. They drew write... against Norwich, didn't they, today? You, I mean, you can't write them off. No. Let's look at the one positive of the game, uh, if you can say such a, a, a thing when you've lost 3-1 at home and you're 25th defeat of the season. Is it 25? I think it is. Yeah, um, it is 25. Dave, Dave uh, Britain, Louis Britton had come on with 20 minutes ago, which is a decent run. Came on for Conway, who was seemed a bit subdued today compared to his performance against... Uh, Millwall last week, but uh, it won a bad goal, was it? I mean, it was the free kick was taken by Scott, I believe, over to mm-hmm. Baker on the far side, and there was Louis Britton, who'd been physical in a way that we've not seen a city centre forward probably since Milan Juric or something like that. But uh, that's what Louis Britton's all about, isn't he? But he's your traditional sort of big, bulky centre forward, isn't he? He is, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I might have mentioned this before that. I played with his dad and played against his dad, and you were much better off with, with his dad in the te- in the same team as you and against you because he was hustle, bustle, elbows all over the place. He was a nightmare to mark, and his and Louis looks like he's a chip off the off the old old block. Um, he really does. He plays exactly the same way as his dad, and uh, I think his big challenge over the over the summer will be making sure he gets to that 
kind of professional level of fitness. Um, yeah, because he, you know, he's he's a big lad to carry around. He's probably still growing growing into his body a bit as well. So it'd be interesting to see how he works that out over over preseason. But he's, you know, I think some people on OTIB have sort of said things in the past, like, oh, he only scores goals in in under twenty three football because he's big, and I think that's a massive um, understatement of his ability. He scores all types of goals as well. It's not just all you know, barging people out of the way and physical. He's good. he's got good feet. He really has, you know, and he, and he, he scores good goals. So uh, yeah, I was really really pleased for him. And uh, I mean, he's not you know, he's not slow either, Dave. He's no, he's no, he's not. You know, he's he's handful. <laughs> which well, is, as I, as you know, as if I only said today, I would have in. You know, I would have I would have started him in Conway today. I I just didn't see the point in in starting Naki. I don't today, think he but... want, I don't think he wanted to go two up top. I think that was the the, the problem. And, and yeah, had, but if you go one up white. top, you could have you could have started Britain because he's more capable of playing that position than anybody. Yeah. Because one thing one thing I noticed today is we kept going long, and we kept giving the ball away. We did a uh, bit. Well, of, it, it doesn't help that our midfield players were giving the ball away a, a yeah. lot as well. So that's a team problem. But you know, if you want to go long, you need the people up there who can either who can win the first and second balls, the flick-ons, and and hold the ball up yeah. uh, to I mean, get players into play. I, God, I just find it annoying. Yeah, guys, when you look what, at what, do you know what's noticeable in the second half was that when Masengo or Backinson tried to bring the ball away from a Brentford attack, Brentford's forwards were tracking back and nicking the ball off them and starting it all over again. That's how slow we were. They were, they yeah. were squeezing us from both, from both sides. It's funny, isn't it? And when it was you, so easy when you squeeze in the team well. and... And condense the play out. How easy yeah. it is to win the ball back, yeah. uh, guys. Look, I mean, the thing is, you know, we look at we've got we've got loads of players. And if you look at if you look at looking at next season, like we got Chris Martin, who's not going anywhere. He's under contract, and you have got Louis Britton. And in both of those, you've got sort of I call them big men up front. Now, is Louis Britton rather than him going out on loan somewhere? Yeah, is Louis Britton? You know, where you could sort of say, well, look, Chris Martin's our first choice in the mould of a Kiefer Moore and Louis Britton's there, right? Who can be a backup. And instead of going out and finding a replacement for fam, whatever money we have got to spend, you can say, well, look, that's the target position sorted. I mean, Dave, do you, do, do you see what I'm saying from that point of view? I, I, you know, if you have a big man, what's the point of going out when you've got Louis Britton and Chris Martin, right? Which is a 30 year old and a, 18, 22, whatever he is, you don't really need to go out and spend two and a half million quid on a key for more. Cardiff got lucky with him, but that to me looks like you're Dave, I don't think you, Dave, how, how can you say they got lucky with him? He's a Welsh international striker. He's scoring goals in internationals and he scored goals for Cardiff for fun. All right. so I, I, he did. He I has this. Say, no, that's why I got... say he was lucky. Okay, he was lucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a bit harsh on him, but let me put the question today. Yeah, you are. And then you, yeah, okay, but we're spending money when we've almost got a solution there with a player, Ian, that you're saying should be given a go, and we've yeah. got a good experience, pro. But Dave, your your views, you know, ch- challenge my view that that's the target man sorted without having to, to spend. I, I think I'd probably just turn it around slightly the other way and say, is forward our biggest priority this this summer. And I, and I think if you look at, you know, let's just assume Vyman's going to get an extension. It certainly sounds the way Pearson's talking. You've got Vyman, you've got Martin, you've got Wells, you've got Britain, you've got Conway, you've got um, Martin. Bell. Did I say Bell? Who did I miss? Yeah. Um, Pearson not, and Bell. Pearson and Bell and Martin. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm well, not convinced. Pearson's not a striker, Dave. He's a winger. Right. Who's this? 
Pearson is a winger. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. No, I didn't mention. Yeah. I didn't mention no, Pearson. I was talking so, to, so, to Dave P. Yeah. So I think. So I think we've got six. Semenyo as your forward rather than striker, so so to speak. So I think we've got plenty of numbers there. What number ten? No, for, for Semenyo. No, forward or, as in you know can play somewhere along the forward I, line. I, okay. I think so he's. I think, I think he's a wide player, either wide yeah. left or wide well, right. Antoine. Yeah. So so let, let me let me carry on. So I think we. So I think we've got seven seven people there. That it's not our focus to go out there and buy strike now. If Pearson suddenly says, "Well, I'm not extending Vyman, I'm going to try and shift Chris Martin, and I'm going to try and move on Naki Wells," then the dynamic shifts massively. And I think until we see that, then I don't know. But if we if we just say for sake of argument, those seven are around, then if you're going to play one up front, then some of those players aren't going to get many minutes, and and that that will also feed into the dynamic. I certainly see what you're saying. If we're going to play with a target man at times, you know, and you know someone like. Martin, then Britain's the closest type of player to that and probably gives you some different um, abilities to Martin. He's probably better in the air than, than Martin. Martin's very much a chin-down striker, isn't he? You know, mm. knock, it in, knock it into him, into well, his feet, well, into his Martin's chest. Only, Martin's only five foot ten as well. He is. He's not very big, actually, is you he? Know, no, people talk about him like he's six foot six. I mean, he's, I he's, he's got big hair. <laughs> But no, so so I, I, I think this whole the, what we what we have to be careful of is that we don't automatically think that in the likes of Bell, Conway, and Britain that the, their next step has to be a loan out to League One or League Two because it might not be. They might actually be the kind of player like a Lloyd Kelly who doesn't need the loan. And and so I think you know it'd be interesting how they do in in preseason and, and what what comes about. But I, I'm kind of massively sat here just waiting for things to happen that start to clear where I think Pearson is trying to go. And at the moment, you know, we've just finished the last game. We don't know retain list. We don't know which contract players are going. So it's just too early to say. Certainly see the logic in keeping him around if we're not going to go out there and, you know, look for other strikers. So, yeah. I think think the thing is as well, you know, you've aggregated all those players that are possible forwards. And again, have we got quantity and not quality because we're saying well blah, 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 blah. we got all we got a high number yeah. and yeah okay put the youngsters out but you know i think you know if you're good enough you're old enough is that what they say if you're old enough you're good enough whichever way around it is but britain no, if you're good enough you're old enough yeah. you know if you britain's britain's worthy of a place on the bench potentially yeah rather well, you, look than, at, you, look at, you, you look at some like marcus rashford ashley fletcher was in front of him at manchester united they loaned out ashley fletcher to barnsley did all right and then after a series of moves, went to West Ham, never made it. He's he's nowhere now, just been released by Middlesbrough. So it can happen. Some players can survive it, that you know, that high level um, when they're put into the first team. But what it's going to do out of necessity, because Nigel trusts those players to give him everything, they're going to be given a huge lift now after being given their debuts for City. Tommy Conway well, got Mark, his first goal. If you listen to what if you listen to what Pearson said after the game, the kid, he basically said, and in the written press conference, that um, they're only in there because of injuries, and he wouldn't have given all those players their debuts if it wasn't yeah. for that. So, but he's, he's still, but it's still going to give him a huge lift, and that they, that they, you know, yeah, that he's, they're, that he's they're done it out of necessity. Great. But of those young oh, yeah. strikers, I would probably only keep Britain here, and I'd let the rest go out on loan, like you say. Depending who else he signs, I, I, um, yeah, I go. I go back on on this one, guys, and, and look at F- Freddie Hines in seventeen eighteen. 
came in, burst yeah. on the scene, looked like the most likely player we had to cover for Bobby Reed in terms of kind of energy and you know yeah, buzzing yeah. around and things like that. Um, we got to January and we and we loaned him out. And I yeah, think he scored that, two that, goals in the League Cup, didn't he? Two yeah. crappers as I, well. I think that lad would have been much better staying around the first team squad and learning from the strikers that were there, learning from Bobby Reed and said we sent him out and we sent him out on loan and he's just disappeared nowhere and we've now released him. And I mm. and I think that was poor management of him. Now he might have had a dreadful attitude and that's why they tried to, you know, send him to Wrexham so he could go and learn about, you know, being part of a, a first team somewhere. But it didn't and work. Welsh. Well, yeah, that's not another thing. But, <laughs> right, but if you it, go to Wrexham, that, if you've probably been to Wrexham, Dave, that's enough to make anybody sort of uh, but, lose but it, it, really, isn't so, it? So, 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 miserable. so I, I don't, I don't think there's a, you know, a foolproof method of what you do with your youngsters. And, and unless no. I totally get what you're saying, you know, what was Sam Bell done? Absolutely nothing at this point. But who knows? In three months from having a pre-season with the first team, he he, he might be the most eligible of those strikers to stay around the squad I think I just I, I think there's just too many unknowns at the moment yeah. you know most people would have said oh you know what's Tommy Conway going to do when he comes in at 18 and he's looked really really good I think sometimes players look look better with better players yeah and sometimes no, that's players, absolutely right players can absolutely raise right. it and I think we just have to I think we're so quick to try and judge how good a player is going to be when we've never even seen them play in a you know a full first team match you know, mm. we've and, and trying to judge them from under twenty three football, and and it, and it doesn't it doesn't follow a nice linear path. Every player is different, and I think we just have to just be a bit mindful of that and not jump to making judgments on players' futures at such an early age. The good thing is our under twenty three our under twenty three squad is 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 very rich. Is going for a very rich vein at the moment, I suppose. The top of his league, is it? Is it top of his league? Aren't we? Is it yeah, they've got a semi semi final and a final to well, they win yeah. the semi final. They've got a final to play as well against I think the Northern Birmingham uh, version of the under under twenty three league. But look, look, you have to rely on people like Brian Tinian, who's one of the few people down there that I would absolutely trust about a, you know what's best for a player to say. Well, yeah, I think he should stay, even if you kept Britain as your. If you signed a big bloke in Britain, was your backup? Because don't forget, Chris Martin can play next to a big guy and often did. And he can also play 10. Uh, so drop off a little bit. But he's very good at I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Martin and Andy Vyman back in a starting lineup because I think they've both got brains and, and um, they, can, they can play into feet. And, and Vyman's running is very good. You just need somebody that can pass the ball to him. Yeah, I mean, before um, but, we get into, sorry, Ian. yeah, carry on. But if you if you look at it, we've got seven strikers down there. Uh, we've uh, and four of them are, are young lads. So you um, and you're not going to be able to play them all. Uh, if we're going to, I mean, for example, if we play four five one, you're only going to have one up front and possibly one or two on the bench if it if it all goes pear shaped. Um, and we could play four five one because we have got O'Dowd who can play wide left and Semenya who could play wide right. But you need, you know, two attacking midfielders and a good defensive one in there to to make that system actually mm. actually work. Yeah, so I think we need to see. You'll know soon enough by the players that he's bringing in. But I mean, if I find yeah. it, Henry Lansbury in. Oh. Uh, 
uh, Danny Simpson are the first two players he's signed or he's keeping hold of. You'll be underwhelmed. You'll I'm, I'm going to be severely underwhelmed. And I don't mm. like dislike either of them, but I just think we should be looking to do a, a, a lot better. I, who, I know was that, who was that, Ian? Lansbury, um, da- Lansbury Sim- and Simpson, both of them. Lansbury and Simpson. I, I don't think they're terrible players, but I, I do think we should be looking at it better than those players. If you look at what's available, would be Premier Loans that you don't, Pearson's got his finger in the pie on. It's a dynamic, um, though, Ian, you, isn't it? If you know, if I, 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 I agree with you on Lansbury. I think there's better options better around than, than him. But I yeah. think Danny, if if you think Hunt and Simpson and Sessignon are all going going back to you know either out of contract or Sessignon going back to Fulham, then yeah. you need two right backs next season, don't you? Now, in an well, ideal unless you, world, unless you play Zach Viner there, unless which he seems to have not wanted to do mm-hmm. at all. So I, I, I'm guessing that's not. A genuine option. Okay, so we just rule that out for now. I I, I agree. I I quite fancy just seeing him at right back, if I'm being honest. But we've got to bring two right backs in, and let's just say, well, well, there's two two out of contract players. You know, whether they whether they are still available or, or not. There's Niambi at Blackburn, and there's who's six foot two, as somebody pointed out. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's say and, and let's say Ola Sunday at, at Rotherham. How do you convince two? Right backs to come in. You can't lie to them and say you're both first choice because because you you know. So I I think there's an argument that says and you know I'm not saying it's necessarily what I do, but I think Pearson will say actually I'll keep Danny Simpson around because he's going to be my eyes and ears around around the playing squad and I'll make sure I get that and he'll be a cover a squad player, but I'll go out and get the best right back I can. Because if I go and get the best right back, I can't go and get another right back because they're going to say, well, when am I going to play? And yeah. I think that's the dynamic we need to understand. Yeah. And it will all become a bit clearer as the summer goes on. Well, it depends how quickly he moves with it all, doesn't it, really? And I mean, one player who looks like he is going for the exit door at Ashton Gate is certainly Jack Hunt because he wasn't injured, uh, Dave, was he, uh, today? So <laughs> he's <Yeah>. he's going. <laughs> Mark, you've been waiting patiently in the background. But before we start getting into individual players and what have you, looking forward to next season. I mean, the final ten games—you know, not wins, three draws, seven defeats, three points out of the last thirty, thirty-nine points out of the last hundred and twenty-six. It's a joke. But Mark, you've done some statistics. This is our worst season ever, and it's a miracle that we didn't get relegated, isn't it? With the record that we've had, tell us more. You were spouting yeah, off about it. Yeah, our um, I think our worst uh, defeats up until this point. Uh, let me double check this. Uh, I think in nineteen seventy nine eighty, we lost seven. We lost twenty games. We got relegated from Division One. Uh, and then the follow, and then in 1921 to 22, we lost 21 games, and we we finished bottom behind Bradford Park Avenue. I wonder whatever happened to them. In 82, 83, uh, 81, 82, we lost 22 games. So that's the most that, that that we lost that I can see in a short term up up to then. So, so we lost so that's 25 the most we've games. Lost we stayed in- up. That's the most most we've lost lost. in any season. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, um, guys, quick, before we go on about our players, uh, I was keeping tabs on uh, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, and obviously uh, Rotherham. And uh, Marlon Pack, Dave, he got the equaliser, which basically put Rotherham down. There was some talk this week about Pack was one of those players that maybe we shouldn't have got rid of, but I thought, 
he'd done his time here, to be fair. He, I, I, I didn't weep when he went out the door. What, what were your thoughts on the, on the, the skirmish at the bottom of the table uh, and, and Marlon Pack being somebody um, who left us? I'm, I'm gutted for Rotherham that they didn't hold on and send yeah. both Dari and Sheffield yeah. Wednesday down. Nothing yeah, would have given too. me greater play. I, I would have been quite happy seeing Wickham win. 13 nil and them stay up, <laughs> uh, uh, as well. I, I'm, but those two teams have cheated financial fair play. And yeah, yeah. One of them's got their just desserts now. Um, and, you know, tough the other one. I'm, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sanctions on them over the summer, which probably should have happened this year as well. But hey-ho. Um, in terms of Marlon Pack, um, yeah, why would we bother doing that today? But for me, Pack was... We'd seen the best of Marlon Pack, I think, but I think some of that is down to Lee Johnson and his tactics and forcing him to play in this very defensively-minded quarterback role, which I think stifled Marlon Pack. It also stifled us as an attacking team as well, but it did give Webster and Callis a, a lot of protection as well. So mm-hmm. we got good money for him, but I think the biggest crime was that it showed our lack of succession planning because there's no way you can build a whole team around pack which is what Johnson did and then move him on and bring Naj and Masengo in as his replacement so that, that's what that James the, Piercy that, said this week wasn't it it was very last minute that's the that's the failing for me you know to, to hear all this crap that you know oh we're two or three transfer windows ahead Mark Ashton is a big bluffer and it's yeah. which you're about to find out well, that's, a ni- yeah. that's the nicest thing, nicest thing pro- anybody's pro- probably called Mark Ashton he, the last yeah. few days, Dave. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably be claiming credit for Ed Sheeran being their new shirt sponsor as well, actually. I mean, D- Dave and, uh, well, all, all of you, but I'll pick up on the, Dave, you did me uh, an email and Mark, you've done a lot of uh, research on uh, Barnsley, yeah? Yeah. And the thing, you're talking about Mr. Ashton and you said, Dave, I'm going to read this so everybody who's listening can hear. As for City, we've frittered away last vast sums brought in. The vast sums brought in by bringing in too many average players whilst letting far too many walk for free, culminating this summer. Our recontracting strategy is appalling. It should be a rarity to let a player under 30 run his contract down. Get them to 12 months at worst. Decide whether you want to keep them. If so, extend them. If not, sell. Even if sell, cheap. And you go on to say, using Diju as an example, and this is all down to Mr. Ashton, never mind him saying we've offered Dijon and, 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 Lan, and Lansdowne as well. Don't, well, yeah, because we got free no, on this. Absolutely, but you said if you take Dijon as an example, he, when, when Ashton did say we get the value on the pitch, or maybe he was told to say that by uh, the chairman, or the owner rather, if we take Dijon, even in January, are you telling me we couldn't have sold him for a million? By not selling him, it's cost us 400k an hour for season's wages and 600k in amortization. That's the right down of the transfer fee, correct, Dave? Yeah. Right. yeah. So for keeping Dijou here from end of January till like two weeks ago, that's cost us a million. And when Dave's saying we could maybe have sold him for a million, right, that's a cost of two million. And as Dave said, we haven't got two million of value on the pitch, have we? Yeah. And that two million equates to three free transfers on 13K a week or four on 10K. And if you look at somebody like Alex Moa at Barnsley, who might be on 8K a week, you could double his wages to bring him here, right? Seven Not, hours. Yeah, you know, I mean, what a joke the whole off-field stuff has been yeah. under, I'll say, well, it's been, it's been bubbling for three years, hasn't it? The whole yeah. thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, but we can't, I mean, we are where we are. You know, there's no point in crying over the spilt milk. And you're right, Dave, the finger has got to be pointed at the chairman, the owner, well, the chairman and the owner, the two individual people, because they've taken their eye off the ball. Okay. But anyway, we've done that. I mean, guys, Nigel was confirmed in the job and everything. Biggest disappointment for me this week was when I heard that he's keeping the coaching staff. Or do you think that was just a patsy to keep the uh, you know to keep everybody happy before we get down to the serious business as this month progresses? Ian, your thoughts on that? You we spoke separately. Disappointed that Simpson and Downing appear as though they're going to be kept on. Well, he, he didn't exactly say that. What he said is, just because I'm bringing in people, don't automatically assume it's coaches. He didn't actually say, I'm, I'm keeping Simpson and Downing on. He did. Everybody's... Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he said he's, yeah. he's keeping his... Now, what he didn't say, Ian, is I'm keeping them on in exactly the same roles as what they've got now. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean... Yeah. You know, I, I think... I, I can't... I mean, I've listened to his interviews and, and I can't remember him uh, naming them at all um but that perhaps i missed it but i i i you know there's two ways you look at it he, he can look at it and say well they can only work with what they've got um and I mean, is uh, it, i'm just looking at the text ian on here is this is this matt wives who's made the comment is that the matt wives of uh three peeps he's yeah, had, had a free season ticket as well yeah Dodgy and a free deal. season ticket god <laughs> Well, Matt's on, uh, Matt's on Sound of the City on uh, Monday night as well. He's so never, he never is. He's never, isn't, he's never been on there before, has he? <laughs> he said here, Shakespeare has been at the HPC this week for talks. I thought, I read it first. I thought Shakespeare has been on the HP source this week. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not, Craig Shakespeare is not going to leave Villa, uh, Mark, is he? Or anybody? Is he going to leave Villa come Dave, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, What's he Dave, doing at Villa? That is the question. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. What's he doing at Villa? I mean, he, he's uh, John Terry's uh, coach up there, and need to um, Dean Smith. I think one's assistant manager, one's coach, aren't they? I'm not quite sure how they structure it. Did anyone see Dave, David Rennie there today in the ground? Well, I had to laugh. Somebody, not, not the somebody, David Rennie, the other no, one. Somebody, no, because I, I always thought it because somebody put. There was a picture of a bloke in a suit, or somebody says somebody with a suit, and then they showed a picture of Dave Rennie, and then even on Ooh. Wikipedia it says not to be confused with the player of the same name. And somebody on OTIP put last time I saw Dave Rennie had a balding head and a big moustache, so he's obviously not twigged that they're so two who's, separate people. Who's the, who's yeah, the Dave Rennie? Down there, then. Sorry, the Leicester, the old Leicester physio. It's the Leicester right, physio. Well, yeah. Would, yeah, well, that that would make sense because because yeah. what I heard was that there is a director of football coming in um, and obviously a lead physio to re- or medical director, whatever they want to call them these days, yeah. that, that will replace roles. So yeah. th- that, that would seem fairly obvious. But the one that, I mean, I think where they could save a lot of money, if you bring in a director of football, you don't have a new CEO because you just take at what Ashton did and split it amongst three people uh, or even four. Nothing. Shut up a minute. You've got John Lansdowne, uh, Lisa Knights, and Mark Kelly, and you've got the new director of football. Mm. So why not split the role? Because you save 600 grand doing that. Yeah, I think there's no. there's better ways to cut that 600 grand, isn't there, Ian? 
Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't think you give it to them. I mean, look, Luke, you... Luke Warren was what in old money was the football secretary. Yeah, player yeah. registrations and all of that, and that yeah. is a basic admin job. And you could probably, you could probably find. Yeah, that's a job that you could head on in a league one. Well, just, why not give it to somebody that's already there and say? Well, you might. Money. I might. Of course. Yeah, but you know, I bet he was on hundred grand as well for it. No, I mean that yeah. job. You probably get somebody doing that for 60, 70 grand. Yeah. yeah. But somebody, you bring somebody in who knows it because that's the thing with Ashton. Yeah. I mean, for Steve Lansdowne not to have been saying a Mark Ashton maybe six months ago, bit of a rumor going, Mark, that, you know, you might be off to Ipswich. Any truth in this? Because well, if, he said, know, if he said, if he said, well, no, you know because, he didn't. But because if he said, then when it was announced on April the 13th that Mark Ashton was going, right? officially then mm-hmm. if he if he'd said to Lansdowne in December actually yeah Steve I am I am gonna leave then Steve would have started his search then so if he first Steve knew about it and believed it was when it was announced at the beginning well when Ashton was linked in the media with it which more naivety isn't it really yeah do you, yeah. Are you agreeing with that Dave yeah you agree I, I, I think when those rumors came out in Late January, early February, whenever it was, for Lansdowne to have not taken action at that point is pretty crap, in my opinion. It's criminal. It's well, criminal. He must, have, he must have known ages ago. I mean, he must have, yeah. must have been heard it on the on the grapevine about. Well, Mark football's a very game, closed business with, because the minute with the Michael game, O'Leary, with the game changer limited creation, yeah. he must have known about that. Michael O'Leary, who when he became a registered director at Game Changer in July last year, right? Somebody would have said, you know, a word in somebody's ear because if we got back, oh, that Michael O'Leary is lined up with Ipswich. Him and Ashton are being, were, you know, da 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 da. It's very closed, sort of like circle football and somebody might have said to steve is your is your um is your chief executive of the year do you think he might be joining ipswich and then he says to ashton are you going to be joining ipswich either he lies in his face and says no i'm not or lansdowne doesn't even answer the question and then it's a massive big surprise because to get a chief exec and interestingly i was looking at adrian bebbington's background it was a name that was mentioned he is just a media person he was a media person for the fa he wasn't some businessman or anything like that but lansdowne has taken sorry ashton has taken the lansdowne's pants down in every aspect of how the club's been managed over the last three years, in my opinion. And now the hard work starts. And as you say, uh, Dave, you said about the players, you know, if if the players haven't finished the season yet, i.e. they're not going off on holiday, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that the new physio could come in and the deal's already been done and he can get an idea of the condition of the players before they go on holiday rather than the new, not physio, rather than the Andy Rolls replacement. First he sees of the players is when they come back on the first yeah. of July. Do you think that's that's feasible? And that might explain yeah, why I, Rennie I, I was think, there. I think that's exactly what's what's happening. There was also a photo today of um, Andrew Proctor, one of one of the physios with Joe Williams, Liam Walsh, and I can't I hope Taylor Moore yes. really putting them through their the cases training today yeah. as well. So I so I think we're at the point where sorry, I'm just trying to make sure my chili don't burn. Um, I think we're at the point where Pearson's just saying, right, we're going to have a, a week debrief. Everyone's going to know exactly what the plan is for when you come back. Here's your plans. You're going to have to check in every day or whatever with how you're doing on your 
keeping in your conditioning up. And I think it, that's what Ren has been brought in to do to make sure they go off on close season with it, everything planned. Yeah. So we shouldn't be worried, really. I mean, look, let's. Uh, we just done over the hour. Dave's got his chili there, and uh, and what have you. I, I started to say, and then we went off on a sidetrack, and that was totally my fault. Barnsley, yeah, Mark, you you were in contact with. Uh, you've got friends at Barnsley. What is it about them that is successful? Because they're a smaller club even than Brentford, really, right? But they're there in the playoffs. Yeah, they finished bottom, but one last year what is they changed their manager after about 10 games this season what is their trick what were you told by your friends at Barnsley well what they did did when um, the consortium containing Billy Bean took over in 2018 and the Oakland A's they decided not to get many loan players in I think they gradually phased that out and they decided to bring players in on longer term contracts three to four years. And then they, if any of the players come in a crap, they tend to pay, pay them off. Uh, they pay very low wages. Um, I think I was told Moat was on seven grand a week. Some players are on about 500 to a grand. So, I mean, players like Kiefer Moore, who played it, who played it, Barnes, he, he played uh, alongside... Um, um, McBurney, who was on loan from Swansea at the time when we when we played him a few seasons ago uh, in 2017-18. They've had a lot of good good players going through him. Alfie Mawson, Connor Hurahain were all there. Uh, Mason Holgate, John Stones, all gone. For, but what they've done is really buy, player, buy players. Uh, they've only got, had one player on loan this season, and that was the guy they got from Orlando City, Daryl DK, on loan in January. And they got an agreement to sign him um, for a low for a low fee. Although I think Orlando City are disputing that, but they just buy players for, for roles, which is what we don't do. We just seem to throw money and open and, and open you know, we buy, players and open, they, we, yeah, buy, we just buy quantity buy players for the sake of it with no real pattern. So but that's the idea, the trick was to grow a team that that uh, gradually comes to fruition. Of course, with a team like Barnes, did they accept that they do have? Good seasons. They are going to lose some players. I mean, three or four seasons ago, they were in the top six come January. Then all of a sudden, James Bree and Connor Hurain went to Aston Villa. Yeah. Sam Winnell went to Sheffield Wednesday and they dropped like a stone. Well, yeah. you know, just one of those things. But they reinvest the money in the team and they buy players for different roles. But they really hit, got a gold nugget in Valerie and Ishmael, who, who came in to replace Gerhard Struder. I mean, uh, Ishmael had managed Lask, and, uh, who played in the Europa League. So he managed it at a high level uh, in Austria, really got the team playing together. They won 13 out of the last 19 games and drew yeah. three and drew, drew six, uh, drew three and lost three. That is ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous form. So they're going in on a high. They were the second lowest wage bill, according to my yeah. friend Alan, in, in, in the championship, just above Rotherham. Ridiculous. So it's absolutely ridiculous. And look where they are. And they're reaping the benefits because, you know, a nice tight-knit unit, a good manager, yeah. a 35-year-old uh, CEO, director of football uh, in Dane Murphy. And they're laughing. And probably doesn't cost them half a million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
No, that's interesting you say. And this thing about, oh, he's had to sell, we've had to sell our best players. Barnsley have done it and they've come again. And Brentford have come again. So, you know, we're Using bleating. Money for style. We're bleating. We're bleating. Exactly, Dave. We're bleating about, oh, we had to sell all our best players. Well, get over yourselves, right? Every club, as you say, in the championship has to do that. And I'm sure if Barnsley don't go up through the playoffs, then the likes of Alex Moa and their other out-of-contract players would be could be on their way. I mean, let's talk I think about... He's the, no, he's the only one who's out of contract. He's the only one who's out of contract. He's the only one. Well, why? Why is that then? Why have they allowed him to go out of contract? And why are we... Well, into- I suppose he's just... A, well, no, I mean, I think the, 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 the trick is that he is the only one who's out of contract. Um, probably they've offered him an, 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 another one, but the fact that he's the only player out of contract just shows how man, well man, they're managing they're managing contracts. Yeah. Oh, and a very quick word to, to, to Matt Withers. Matt, I was only tongue in cheek about Sound of the City about you being on there regularly. I've been on there plenty of times as well, Matt. So I'm sorry. Apologies. Yeah. I always I always yeah. love listening to you. Seriously. And Matt, if you're listening, you know you're always Sniveller. welcome to come on. You're always welcome <laughs> to come on as a guest uh, on here because we'll. Uh, We'll 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 uh, see if we can expand the capacity uh, next season, guys. Let's uh, <laughs> let's just wrap up with a few things, um, uh, uh, transfers and what have you. I mean, Ian um, Baker, yeah, Nathan Baker. Uh, he 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 looks when he's fit, he looks good. Should he have, should should he be a player that um, that we do offer a contract to if it was at reduced wages? No. Simple. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, you, you can't you've got a bloke there who's played eighty two games in four seasons. Yeah. So and, and twenty of those he's been off before half time, either sent off or injured. Mm. So you you I think he's a, I think he's probably fitting on form, he's probably the best defender at the club. And I'd yeah. I'd love to have him in the side if you could keep him fit, but no one's ever been able to keep him fit. Yeah. Okay. Um Dave, Baker, uh, stick. Or, or give him something, or just let him go because he's dubious fitness record. If we're playing uh, pontoon or blackjack, can I burn? No, um, he's, he's a, it's a no for me. I'd have really liked to have seen him be fit probably two months ago, and we see ten or twelve games out of him, and then I think yeah. we'd have had a, an indication as to whether you know it's stay or not. But it's, it's, it's a no for me. Bit of a heavy heart. I do like the guy, but no, no for me. Mark, um, do you do you, what do you feel about Baker? Well, he's not the six million dollar man, so no, he's just the trouble is made of glass. He's he's our modern Dave Steve Brooker, a fantastic player on his day, but just too brittle, unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody would take a chance on him, but his injury record is is poor. Sorry, sorry, Nathan, go home to yeah. go home to your wife. Yeah, um, my view, Tommy Rowe, he's probably not going to wear a city shirt again everybody anybody disagree with that on tommy no 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 we all think he's going to go um great for 18 months with us great free transfer for 18 months but i think his legs may have gone with his final recent injury do you think naj will be naj is uh is naj in or out of contract this season do you think he'll be do you think he'll be a bristol city player on the beginning of august when we're uh, on the first game of the season no Mark? No. Dave? Euro shop window, I think, from Mr. Nash. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, when you look at the emergence of uh, of um, Alex Scott, okay, one and a bit games, um, Liam Walsh, what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think he could end up at bloody Ipswich? 
Is he the, the player most likely? No, so I, think, I, think, no, I, think, I, think. I, I could see him ended up in Coventry. He'd, he'd be offered it. I, I don't know if they said he said he, he's been offered a new deal, um, but I think he he won't get his. I don't think he'll get as good terms as he as he has at City. But I could see him going back to Coventry. They won't offer him as good money as we have. Yeah, he'll get regular football. Yeah. What do you think? Fit. What do you What do you think, uh, Dave? On Walsh, I I think. He'll be offered a new contract if he hasn't already. Rumour is he has. I think he'll accept it. I know there's other people out there saying he's he's turned it down. I, I think he'll stay because I don't yeah. think he'll get anywhere near as good a deal anywhere else. Yeah. What do you think, Ian? Walsh? I, I think he's off. You think he's off? Yeah. Okay. Um, do we think, does the panel think, Casey Palmer, do we think he's got a future here? Could he be somebody where... You know, we just cut. I, was, I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought he was weak today. He didn't really do that much. But to Casey Palmer, you know, is he? Is he? Would he be in your start in eleven next season? We, we, we got him. We, we paid first. too much for him, and we need to. We need to get shot and take a big hit. One million, maybe, for somebody wishing to take a chance. He's added. He's had plenty of chances wherever he's gone, and he's he's never done it. I'm yeah. sorry, too inconsistent. Goodbye. Yeah, what do you think, Dave, on that one, Casey? I, I think I think we should be looking to see if we can get someone to take him on, uh, yeah. whether that be on loan, because I think if we try and sell him, we'll take a hit on whatever his current value is and we'll have to take a hit on wages as well. So I think we might try and do a similar thing to the Swansea loan, but I, I don't think there'll be many takers at 20 grand a week. No. You agree with that, Ian, Casey Palmer? Yeah, I don't think he's a... I was talking to someone tonight and I just said that there's certain players you look at I and mean, you think I don't think you're a Nigel Pearson player yeah. and Naj is one of them and Palmer's another so uh, yeah I, to- I totally agree and in terms of his um, defensive play I think he's worked harder under Pearson and on his day there is no doubt that you've got a player there but he doesn't have enough days well, on his day it doesn't in terms of tackling he's he's an accident waiting to happen what's he yeah. given away now two or three penalties recently yeah yeah, at um, least two. Yeah, that's the ones Adam, against Swansea and the one against Wickham. Dear, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. we think? Do we think? Now let's look at surprise departures. Maybe. Do we think, uh, Dave Masengo? I mean, he's been, as Ian's been saying ever since he's been here, no goals, no assists, runs around a lot, puts his, you know, does run around a lot. Didn't work that effectively today with Backinson in a two. Do. Does anybody think Masengo, somebody might come sniffing in the summer Premier League club, bring him in as a squad player? Dave? No. No, no. no chance. Not for, no. not for anything like four and a half million quid. That's no. for sure. No, I, th- I, think, I think he's going to get better and better with us. Well, that's good. That, that's good because he's got the energy there. Um, Naki Wells. Um, you know, he was out playing wide on the left again today. It's not his favourite position is it do we think is that could he be another palmer where we say do you want to go and what have you what what, what do we think ian lucky here i think you either you either play him in a two mm. up front uh and and like somebody said earlier on it, you know it doesn't matter who you play up front you could have lionel messi and luis suarez with the service that they get from us they they struggle um and i think a lot of that can be said for Naki Wells, I think in, in an ideal world, I think it is something I said the other week, if you stuck him next to Kiefer Moore 
in the Cardiff team, he'd score 20, 25 goals in a season. But yeah. we just, for some reason, we just don't seem capable of playing like that. Perhaps when we're back to full strength, uh, because he didn't look bad when he played next to Chris Martin at the start of the season, did he? Yeah, that's um, right. so, so that's I, I think, but if you're going to play four two three one, then I think you you I can't see where Naki Wells fits in. No. Um, finally, uh, Antoine. You know he's scored. He still looks raw. Um, I mean, you know, he scored you, his ass, Dave. David. Do you think? Do you think somebody? Do, do, do you think somebody might take a punt on him? Would we sell if they took a De- punt? Would we sell 100%? Because we'd sell anybody for the right money. Mm. Uh, that's the club policy. Um, would somebody take a punt on him? Yeah, somebody like Palace, I could see them paying money because they've got a good record of um, developing. How much money, though, know, yeah. I think if anybody came in for Antoine at circa five, even I mean, even more than that has been discussed. I mean, there were numbers flying around like 10. And players, people were looking at Jana as well, who, who I just haven't seen enough of now. No, but I think if how, you look how much at, did they pay for Easy from QPR? Fifteen. Yeah, yeah I mean, 15, the thing is, he's, pro- he's a proven scorer. I mean, Antoine, he scored two yeah, of his but, backside in the league, one in the FA Cup. He's got potential, hasn't he? But that's about it. Well, I, what you got to remember is he's quite tall. He's got pace and he's got power. And strength. I, I think. Yeah. I think he's a wide. He's also got a good number of assists, and I think he's a wide player. Um, I don't think for a minute, he, I, I don't see him as a striker yet. He might develop into one. But I think if you had, uh, if you played a 4 5 1 and you had uh, him on the right and O'Dowd on the left, you'd have some width and some straight. Uh, oh, and some pace. yeah, we forgot about we forgot about my friend O'Dowd, didn't we? I was just going to ask about him because, I mean, do you, you know, he is who, 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 the, who the, you're saying, in, correct me if I'm wrong, the wingers that we've got here then are Sam. Is it Sam Bell or Pearson that's a winger? Pearson's a winger. Pearson's Pearson. a winger. So wingers, conventional wingers, conventional wingers, Pearson, Semenyo and O'Dowda on the staff at the moment. Yeah, O'Wara, I don't O'Wara think, Edwards oh, as well. O'Wara, all right, a youngster, unproven. I don't think any of them hold a light to Nicholas Eliasson, in my opinion. And there we go. We let him go. And no, we I wouldn't agree about Eliasson, Eliasson, David. He was a great impact sub, but what did he do other than that? And he couldn't. He could yeah. only. He could only play in in a in a four four two. Is it? And, 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 you know, there was he no way he was going to track back, was there? Yeah. Oh, Matt, well, Matt, said, wanna, Matt said. Matt said Adelakan. Matt he, said we got Adelakan as well. Oh, God help us. Um, <laughs> Let's just said that. Do you know well what? Adelakan. Those couple of games that he played when he when he came back from loan, I thought I wouldn't say he was brilliant. I'm not saying he's championship ability, but he's he's the one player who we've played out wide on that kind of four two three one solution who's actually got a clue how to play it mm. and didn't just stick there out there on the line like no. Semenyo does, like Eliasson did. Actually comes in, drifts off the line. I say I don't think he's good enough. But he plays that position better for the team. Yeah. I don't think anyone else has this. Season. I don't think I don't it'd be you'll be singing like Wolford. we did for Martin Wolford. Do you remember that? There'll be one Martin Wolford, one Martin Wolford. He used to be yeah. shite, and now he's all right. That's because he <laughs> scored two goals in two games about twelve years ago. <laughs> Guys, this is uh, one hour twenty. What we're going to do in the close season? We got a couple of uh, in conversation interviews to line up. If there's any 
tum- if there's any real stuff happening off the pitch, then it's worthy of having a little chat. But what I like to do with all of you and anybody else who wants to email me, headhunter gb at gmail.com we'll have little one-on-one chats keep them short and sharp for about half an hour with your thoughts on city and a little bit about you know your thoughts on what needs to be done yeah uh in the coming season and just your general thoughts on city your time supporting the club so that'll keep things going this is the 70th episode i can't believe we've done that many and we only started in uh, have you found out june, yet? june 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 last year you know i set this up because i was just so frustrated after we came back and with those four straight defeats after the um after the um initial lockdown but here we are the season's come to an end uh we do look forward to next season whatever you say uh yeah i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to getting back in the ground in a new uh position for me in the williams stand saving a lot of money as i put on the not williams stand what am i talking about lansdowne stand uh but enjoying supporting again uh guys um any final parting shots for uh from you dave first of all you got any uh what are you looking forward to most of over the next three months not coming on here <laughs> No, first of all, I was going to say thanks, Dave, for well, not necessarily asking me on in the, in the first place, but I kind of gate crashed early on, and then uh, been a, a regularish part part of it. So, so thanks for that. I think for me, I'm just, I, I am genuinely excited. I probably am at the end of every season because I think what are we going to do in the summer? And I think this this summer in particular, we're going to see a lot of change. I don't think it's going to be as wholesale as everyone thinks. I, I think. Pearson recognises you can't replace a whole squad in one window. So I think there might be a couple of surprises of players that he keeps on that maybe we didn't think that he should. Um, and I think we just have to kind of trust him. So, yeah. Yeah. Mark? Oh, thanks, David, for, you know, it's been great fun and a real roller coaster of the season. <laughs> the first four games, the real highs, the absolute amazement of when it places at Huddersfield in the last 10 minutes in Cardiff. And I think we've, we've carried that into into our conversation. Sometimes we couldn't believe how City pulled that out of the bag in places like QPR. QPR knows, yeah. it, it felt like a eulogy. But just to all the listeners out there, thanks for listening in. We've all we've all lost so much, you know, Bristol City and personally, I think, over the last 18 months. And I think Bristol City owe it to all of us. And hopefully Nigel can, you know, can, can, can you know, bring back some integrity to Bristol City because we don't have any at the moment and that's what we want to do get you know be a bit you know get some respect back and uh, yeah. St- I think Steve really needs to apologize to the fans because it's been absolutely bloody abysmal it has thanks yeah. for listening and uh, let's uh, let's hope we get uh, better next season and finally Ian uh, you you've got to brush up on some of those impressions we won't do any now but your thoughts on the final thoughts on the on this season and what you're looking forward to doing over the next three months well, I'd never, I never. I have to say, over the season, I've never seen a team so bereft of identity and character. But one thing that we we've all spoken about is injuries. And just to give everybody an example, something I looked at this week, I looked at the team that beat Stoke away, which was one of our best ninety-minute performances in most people's opinion. Yeah. Of the players that started that game. Seven were not available to Nigel Pearson for our last two games against Millwall and Brentford. And another three that were on the bench that could come on and affect the game, like Jiju, haven't been available to Pearson. So that's seven out of 11, which is massive. 
Um, or and ten, plus the ones, and plus the ones that were injured at the time of that game anyway, which would have been Joe Williams as well, wouldn't Williams it? Williams and yeah. Walsh and Baker. Yeah. yeah, Williams, Walsh, and Baker. So the the injuries have blighted our season. In yeah. fact, decimated it. I would say, and I would say they're about forty percent responsible for what's happened. Yeah. So um, there we go. And, and I don't think with the, the the medical team that we had. I don't think Dean Old nor Nigel Pearson have really had what I'd call a fair crack of the whip. No, that I think being that's said, true. That being said, what I'm most looking forward to is the appointment of a director of football, uh, chief medical officer, a vast improvement in our fitness, and yeah. a massive clear out. I understand what everybody's saying about you can't do it all at once, and Pearson said much the same himself, said he wants six windows or, or three years, whichever way you do it. Um but I want to see a completely different Bristol City from an identity and character. And I want to be able to say to somebody after the first game when they say, well, what does City play like? Yeah. I want to be able to say, well, we're a really good attacking team. We pass the ball or we're really solid and we've got some real thugs in there that hurt people or something where I can identify whether we're a Burnley, we're a Man City. I don't care. Providing we win, got some identity and, and play attacking and we, football, got, and we score some yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that way you'll keep the because we're we're all City fans. We're not fans of Man United or somebody that's been really successful over the years where we're winning trophies by the bucket load. This is <laughs> Bristol City we're talking about. No, never but, gonna you know, we we do need. I mean, can we please do, for example? What Barnsley had done this season is that well, too much? Well, wouldn't ask? we love to do that? Wouldn't we love to do that? Get to the playoffs, guys! Thanks to all of you for uh, making these uh, enjoyable. All the listeners as well, Les. Uh, thanks for your comment. Dreadful season, but great pod. Thanks for that, and uh, everybody who's contributed. And uh, you know, it'll be good when we all properly come out of lockdown to uh, maybe um, have something that uh, invites everybody along for a pub night or something like that that would be good somewhere in bristol so we can uh, well, do, do something like that we could a few drinks we could anyway guys <laughs> enjoy the rest enjoy the rest I of your uh, very very kind of you dave to offer to buy us all a meal in drinks I, you've yeah, gone right up in my estimation yeah no I, i'm well quite done. happy to do that i'm quite happy well done have off a great to the, weekend off to the, we're off to the golden arches yeah <laughs> Have a great weekend and have a great summer. But obviously, we'll be talking uh, and probably find we'll be doing a pod in 10 days' time because there's been a lot happening off the pitch. But uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Thanks a lot. Take Bye. care. Bye. Cheers, everybody. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.